I say from TDP. <laughs> yeah, I switched it over to VMM, talking about because a lot of people don't necessarily know what transparent distributed processing is. Well, we can touch on that as we talk about the uh, the good QLX goodies that were announced. So we are live. How is everyone doing this evening on Berry Flow Upstream number thirty-seven? We're here with Crackberry's editor in chief, Blaze. How's he doing? Good, here good. As well, here as well with Alex Bass, Chris Crevlin, and Darius Stokes. What's up? What's up? What's up? How's it going? I'm I'm excited, Chris. I mean, uh, uh, we just got 10.3.1. The rollout's finally begun. I feel like we've been waiting forever for it, but it's mm-hmm. finally, finally here, hitting hitting our devices. It's kind of cool this rollout when compared to 10.2.1. Uh, it was 10.2.1 was very like segmented and fragmented, in my opinion. At least with this, some of the unlocked devices are getting that kind of out the gate. Uh, which is nice. So they don't really have to wait for carrier approvals on some of those uh, devices, depending on how you purchase them, be it Amazon and or Shop Blackberry. You guys have pulled 10.3 to your devices. How are you liking it so far? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, um, I've you know been on it here for a while. I'm sure <laughs> a lot of people have. But uh, I honestly, I just updated my my Z10, and it really just feels like a brand new device to me. And um, I know a lot of other people, you know, that have multiple BlackBerry 10 devices usually, like, you know, would take the leaks and, you know, load up all their uh, devices that they have. But, you know, I hadn't paid any mind. It's a simple fact because, you know, going from a Passport using the, the Nano and the uh, Z10 using a Micro, I don't have the adapter to even switch back and kind of use it if, as, as a daily, um, as my daily device, I should say. Um, so I, I kind of it, it falls to the wayside. I don't pay it any mind as much, but when I loaded a you know three dot one on it today, I was just like, geez, man, just the kind of that whole uh, nostalgia of the device came came back to me. But you know, like three dot one really breathed a lot of life into it, and um, just if you are a Z ten owner and you kind of wait it out, you'll really put that, you know have that that faith in it. It'll, it'll be able to hold you over until you are able to get one of the newer, you know, BB10 devices, but um, I love it on there. I've, you know, been fell in love with it on my Passport, but uh, it, it makes the older, the first-gen BlackBerry 10 devices feel young again. Realistically, like, you can actually run some Android apps on the Z10 and uh, Q10 with this update. There were a lot of problems where, um, you know, my mom, for instance, she has a Z10, and she was trying to run some some Android apps like Weight Watchers and various things, and it was just so slow. It didn't work, and uh, it was really tough for people who wanted apps, like my mom, who I sold on BlackBerry, um, but she's an app person. So now with 10.3.1, you know, it loads up a lot quicker. She can actually use some Android apps, and obviously with the new Snap, which we'll talk about later, uh, definitely working quite well. Everything's smooth, and it's nice. Uh, I, I would agree. What kind of device? You, you said a Z10? So she yep, a Z10? she's on a Z10. My stepdad is on a Q10. Ah, there's definitely new life coming to these devices. I mean, I was out yesterday yeah, doing some photo shoots of different devices, and I was actually pulling out the Passport camera on 10.3.1 and then the Z10 camera, and literally the, the Z10 camera was faster to focus and take the <laughs> than it was on the Passport. And that's probably just, you know, BlackBerry's never messed with that many megapixels before, so they probably have a a lot going on in terms of that camera that's new to them. 
But, uh, definitely the new OS is, is really awesome. Everything seems to be running very fluidly. Chris, uh, what about you? How is your experience with it? Uh, I've been pretty happy with it on my passport. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have one of the unlocked devices, so I got the update directly from BlackBerry. And, you know, I've been running the, the leak builds previously, which were fine, but the, the official build actually feels a little bit more, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say stable, but it feels a little bit more together than what some of the leak builds were. So that's definitely a bonus over, you know, anybody who has actually been running the leak builds. Um, I haven't honestly played around with it too much on any of the other devices, uh, like the Z10 or the Q10 or anything like that, but, you know, on my passport, it's absolutely perfectly fine, and I haven't, haven't run into any of the issues that seemingly some of the other folks out there have in terms of, you know, going from a, a direct update um, from 10.3 or earlier to 10.3.1, so that's pretty awesome. I, f I feel very similar to you in that regard. It's been a, a very, very seamless update for me, at least, onto my devices. I haven't had too much trouble. I know there's a lot of people out there who are having various issues. It's kind of interesting as well because it seems like every major OS, when Google drops an OS, when Apple drops an OS and it goes over the air to their devices, things are just bound to not work, right? Yeah. So I think it was good that BlackBerry bounced back. They put up some health blog articles to help some of the people with those common things like uh, you know, the device not having enough space. So I thought it was pretty nice of them to yeah. be there for their users with them as this OS started to trickle out because ultimately that's what we want, right? We want that support. We want to know what's going on. Clearly said and clarified, you know, we've enabled this globally for devices unlocked, purchased from ShopBlackBerry and Amazon. It's positive. I think it's one of their better device, uh, OS launches uh, yeah. compared to some of the other ones we've had that were just slow going. Um, so if you're still waiting for 10.3.1, you know, keep your finger on that software updates button because it is bound to come to you basically any minute now. Uh, this was an initial global rollout, so it's going to continue to trickle out from here. Uh, I still have some devices. I have um, I have the classic actually here that it was on 10.3.1, but I was kind of expecting a little bit of an update for it, and it hasn't yet gotten it. So uh, I guess we're going to wait on that. Definitely interesting to finally have this OS in market. I think it, as Darius had mentioned at the beginning, definitely brings a new life to the OSs. Do you think people on a Z10 Q10 can hold out another year on the OS, or do you think it's kind of a stopgap for them? I think it's kind of like that last leg, you know. I mean, because it's just a simple fact. It's like due to the specs, and, and that's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, for those with patience or kind of just like their device to get whatever job done for them, you know, whether just they use their device mainly for just messaging and things of that nature, aren't heavy users in terms of the browser or downloading or games or applications and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, it, it's a... It, it's a delight in terms of, you know, wanting to really, uh, you know, pick up that device every single day and use it. Um, but I, I w as in terms of another year, I, it's, like I said, it just, I think to me personally it comes down to the specs that is really going to want to really make you just get to a newer device. But um, the OS is optimized to deliver, you know, great performance regardless of your specs that you have. Um, which, you know, BlackBerry has been known for since the launch of uh, BB10. So 
Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard. It, it really just depends on you know the type of user that you are with your device, so to speak. I would agree with you on that, Darius. It, it is going to come down to your user preference. Like when I move to a passport, I can't go back now. Like I'm so used to that performance <laughs> level that I just I can't. It's it's not that it doesn't run well. It's that I'm just used to kind of the best in class that BlackBerry has to offer right now. Yeah. So I, I can definitely agree with you on that one. It's interesting, though, because I feel like for a lot of people out there, it's going to be like, eh, it works. I think BlackBerry yeah. users, when they get their devices, they're pretty sticky with them, right? They're not, like, switching around between a lot of devices. They get one, it works, and they stay with it, right? That's why people are on 9900 still, right? It just works for them. Yeah, yeah so exactly. It's, it's considerable. I know all of us, you know, we've been on 10.3.1 for, you know, since last year. But at the same point, it kind of comes back to those device optimizations, that OS optimization, as you mentioned, Darius, they're putting the classic in late 2014, and it's got relatively the same specs as a Z10 or a Q10. So I wonder if for them, they have a roadmap to keep this device and OS kind of in market longer. So maybe we might get one more update. What do you guys think? Do you guys see those original BlackBerry 10 devices getting another update, or is this it? I think they'll have to have to at least get another update. I mean, and when it comes down to like the Z10 and the Z3. Those those are kind of questionable. I'm honestly not entirely too sure how those devices will handle it. However, when you look at the BlackBerry Q10 and you look at the BlackBerry Classic, the debate has been, you know, well, the BlackBerry Classic is nothing, seemingly nothing more than an upgraded BlackBerry Q10, um, depending on your definition of Q10, I guess, um, or upgraded, sorry. Um, you know, there... Obviously, the support isn't going to stop for the BlackBerry Classic within the next year. They have to at least try and get at least a year or two out of that. So and that's that's kind of kind of the sticky part. Like, I think that they're going to have to optimize the OS a little bit more in order to keep the BlackBerry Classic updates coming. So maybe the BlackBerry Q10 will be beneficial of that. You know, they like I said, where when it comes to the the Z10 and the Z3, that's where I'm kind of not necessarily sure, but it seems like the Q10 and the Classic will definitely get some more life out of the process. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, go ahead, Darius. No, I was going to say, like, you made a great point, James, because, you know, the similarity with, well, not really similarity, the exact same specs with the Classic <laughs> and Z10, as well as the Q10. Um, you know, yeah, they, I think they still have a lot of life left in them, but at some point you do have to begin saying, when do we phase these devices out? Yeah. Um, just as Apple had done, you know, like they they tried to keep, you know, the, the 3GS and the 4 and then the 4S in there for the longest, but they, they let you know, essentially down the road, they're not going to get this update. You know, we may give you, you know, small updates just, to, you know, for that OS specifically, just to keep you up and stable and, you know, whatever else, but... Somewhere down the line, yeah, it, it does kind of phase out because OSs grow around specs, and they have to because that's the only way you're going to become better in terms of productivity and things of the nature that you want to bring to the OS in terms of applications. They're going to require more out of the specs. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's just the OS essentially is going to just start being uh, built around three gigabytes of RAM. We can't, it can't suffice on, on two gigabytes of RAM anymore. So, and that's, that's far down the road, but it just lets you know, like, 
for example, Gingerbread, <laughs> how that would be outdated and they couldn't, in a lot of the apps now that are uh, on like Lollipop and so forth, they couldn't you know, survive a, a, a second on a device using Gingerbread, so to speak. So uh, it, it's just reality, but um, still a lot of life left in the devices. I mean, like I said, I picked up my Z10 and it just gave me a reminder how underrated it still is and how great it still is, but eh. Some sometime it has to you know come down though. Yeah, eventually they got to say okay, we're moving on. Sorry, <laughs> you've been you've been cut off. Upgrade to a passport already. <laughs> so Chris, tell us about your 10.3.1 experience, bro. Sure. Uh, well, I uh, I've been on a Q10 for about the last month or so. I actually had bought a passport when uh, the Black Friday deal went went live and. Used that for a couple months, but uh, switched it up uh, about a month or so ago to the Q10. And I have to say, after loading the 10.3.1, because um, I initially had bought the Q10 when it first launched, 10.3.1 has been a freaking awesome upgrade to the Q10. Um, just with the fluidity on Android apps, I just even find it's better than... Oh, am I muted? Nope, you're good. Okay. Um, it, it's just... It, it's been... It's definitely been a welcome addition to the OS, and as far as what we'll see go in the future with you know original BB10 devices, um, I'm sure if there's a 10.3.2, we'll see it. There's a possibility we might see the uh, uh, maybe whatever the next iteration might hit it with the classic being released last fall. Um, it's hard to tell what's going to happen with that, but I would hope that the device is going to be supported going further, at least for another year or so. I think one more update is reasonable. Yeah. After that, like you can start cutting us off. But I mean, for you know, th relatively speaking, three OS updates over three years—that's and I significant upgrade. Right, right. Significant ones at that that have always compounded the you know the usability and, and value of the OS. Yeah. I, I'm I'm interested to see at least what comes next. I I think maybe perhaps some devices might get dropped off. You know, so we might see it for a selection of those original devices and maybe not some of the other ones. Definitely interesting to look forward. Um, did you guys happen to catch that QNX press release? It kind of went under the radar, so to speak. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a really, really big bit of news that they launched. Uh, Blaze, you were talking about this, like maybe one last upstream and the upstream before that QNX embedded world. They were going to be launching some kind of new product and service. You want to kind of break it down for us uh, what the actual hypervisor from uh, QNX is? Well, they. Uh... Like you said, the announcement actually went through, and it was, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot of noise made about the actual announcement. They came rather quietly. Um, so they announced the, uh, the hypervisor, which allows critical and non-critical apps to run on a single consolidated system. So most people are probably wondering what the hell that actually means. So basically they can run um, uh, different applications on the app, on whatever device it is that they're wishing to run it on, but you can maintain two systems. So say for, just as an example, say you wanted to have Windows and you wanted to have Android running, you could place all of your critical applications on Windows, but you could place all of the non-critical applications directly on Android, whatever, um, so that, you know, if, if a situation arises that, you know, those critical systems need to be kept running so they're perfectly fine on running on Windows, but 
non-critical ones will be running on Android, and they can disable themselves or shut themselves off, whatever the case may be, because they're considered non-critical applications at that point in time. You don't need them to, you know, maintain any sort of safety or anything like that. Um, the example that that QNX used would be would uh, including Linux and Android because those are pretty much the main operating systems that are used in in some of the embedded solutions that they have available. But just as an example, you could use Windows, you could use Android. Uh, the other example would be that you could use BlackBerry 10 as well. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just saying. I mean, you know. There's there's this neutrino thing. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it kind of happens to be in your devices, on your BlackBerry 10 devices. I mean, you know. But initially, they they specifically stated that the markets would include automotive, medical, industrial, rail, and transport. They didn't, uh, you know, they didn't specifically say, hey, this is something that's going to be coming to your BlackBerry 10 smartphone or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely interesting. It's absolutely fascinating that this technology is out there and that QNX is behind it. However, don't necessarily take it too far and say, you know, well, why isn't it in my BlackBerry 10 smartphone right now? Because they're probably still a little bit ways off from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, your phone is not going to dual boot next month, guys. Hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, hey, maybe they'll announce something next month. But. <laughs> it, it's, it'd be interesting because we, we've heard talks of you know John Chen basically saying you know we're trying to really break down the walls between work life, right? We get balance. We have Bez for that connection. The BB10 balance profile allows you to switch back and forth, but people are still carrying multiple phones. You know that problem still exists. So maybe they're looking to attack it a different way. I believe if 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 I can, I'll have to look up some documentation on it. But I do believe that BlackBerry 10 has a hypervisor, right? It's built in at the application level as the Android runtime right now on BB10. Yeah, it's it's just not. I'm pretty sure that's the case as well. It's just not as you know, super advanced is what they announced in terms of like the hypervisor rate on, on QNX because you know even um, PlayStation PlayStation used to used to implement the hypervisor into their stuff as well so that you could run separating uh, separate operating systems so you know if something crashed in between it, it wouldn't it wouldn't take out anything critical it would just basically you know take out that one specific application so. You know, there, there's lots of ways that a hypervisor could be implemented. Even uh, another another good example would be like um, um, essentially running parallels on your computer, for example, on your Mac. Uh, you know, they they run the hypervisor virtual machine through parallels, so you can you can run your Windows application, um, all of Windows, basically the, the the complete operating system directly on your Mac. Um, while still running the Mac OS in the background as well. So, you know, there's there's many different ways that a hypervisor could be implemented into s several different systems, but, yeah. Definitely interesting to see how they might expand that going forward. I mean, as you'd mentioned, kind of being able to separate those applications from critical and non-critical. So you could have a full Linux, Tesla-like, front end for your UI and your media and all of that, 
but the actual car itself is going to, you know, would be running QNX on the secure safety side of things. It's interesting because the way the news fell, we had uh, Mr. Kleidermacher, Julian Blackberry, as their CSO. If you've ever looked into Green Hills and, and what he was doing, this is exactly what he was doing, building hypervisors with his secure real-time OS. So the fact that BlackBerry's kind of picked this guy up and now have launched this QNX initiative, I really feel like they've had an IoT roadmap and are really about to go hard at it. I mean, as you mentioned, you're literally, as part of some of the patents that they have, you're able to take one GPU and power multiple screens, right, running multiple OSs. They have the transparent distributed processing, which works to take guest OSs as hosts and connect them all together for really kind of robust mobile computing. So definitely... It's going to be interesting to see where the hypervisor goes. I'm glad that they did it as a QNX press release and kept it on that side of the fence because the embedded impl impl implications for this are, are, I think, a lot bigger than that solely on being BlackBerry 10. It's kind of funny as well the way that they did it because, again, like you said, the, the, the press release sort of fell you know, to the wayside and it, it never really got that much attention. But previously, if you actually looked at the QNX events, that were listed on the website for like Embedded World and all of their announcements and you know their webinars and webcasts and stuff like that. They, they, they're hosting a webcast on Thursday, March 5th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time that will basically discuss the virtualization options between the hypervisor pros and cons and how manufacturers can add off-the-shelf software to certified devices. Anyways, they're, they're having a webinar about it. But the webinar was actually listed well ahead of the the the, the hypervisor announcement. Mm -hmm. So if you were paying attention and actually looking at it, and you knew what you were looking for, chances are you probably would have picked up on the hypervisor announcement well ahead of time. But the way that they they worded it, it, it didn't give anything away. It just said that they were hosting a virtualization webinar, right? Right. And, you know that could be anything when it comes to QNX because virtualization is is pretty much a part of the operating system. So they, they actually gave away the details ahead of time, but nobody actually knew it. <laughs> Amazing how headlines really drive uh, that knowledge base, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it brought a whole new aspect as to why that webinar even existed. <laughs> so what, what about the rest of you? Are you guys interested in this QNX announcement? How would it, okay, assuming we get something consumer as an output, do you want to dual boot a BB10 phone and an Android phone? Does that not neuter kind of the whole point? Like, what do you guys feel about it? If they were to somehow use that hypervisor and utilize it to its fullest effect on BlackBerry 10, what are your guys' opinions on it? I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise. It's a simple fact because we already have had so much of Android implemented in BlackBerry 10. But I think to kind of have the best of both worlds because – you'll have the full usage of BlackBerry 10, which you already have, but you won't have a limited usage in terms of using the Android uh, OS. You can use either or. Um, but in, in a lot of aspects, I also look at it, and one thing I like that BlackBerry's done so much and they've acknowledged in the past, um, specifically Chen, it, it, because... I think at BlackBerry, they look at a lot of things. They don't look at being number one or being the best uh, company in terms of the mobile space is in how many uh, consumers use your product. It's how well your product is. And like you, a lot of consumers of 
the Apple platform or Android in, in itself will just say, oh, we're the best because so many people use it. But that's not necessarily the case is because BlackBerry acknowledges and admires a lot of different things that Apple does. Like, And I do as well. I, I love the simple fact that Apple products just work. And who doesn't like products that just work? But it is simple, you know, that there's other things that Android does as well um, that Apple doesn't do because I, I look at iOS and I feel like it's a very limited, you know, platform. But then on the other side, Android is completely customizable, which I love that fact as well. BlackBerry sees those things. They value it. And they say, how can we take them, implement it within, you know, our OS and within our product and make it better but make it something that everyone could love to use um, and not just want to necessarily take full credit for. Um, and, and that's what I'm really anxious to see. And, and so with the hyper, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of that uh, first glimpse, that peek into what they're really trying to do. But as you had mentioned earlier, it's going under the radar and really won't be seen uh, until like a while from now. I almost feel as a press release like it was early. Like announcing yeah. an embedded world, I feel like that makes a little bit more sense. But yeah. they were, I feel like they were also excited about it because they were tweeting about your posts, Chris, uh, yeah. in regard to embedded world. So QNX has probably been pretty pumped about this announcement for a while. So it is cool to see that it is in market. We'll go Alex and then Chris when talking about this. What are your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I mean, is if you need like a full, you know, ground up boot of Android in order to get like Google Play services in there, because Google Play services are embedded from the the ground up kind of it. It connects with all of your accounts and just everything. So if that's what they would need to do in order to get Google Play services, for instance, then I think okay, that would be fine to have say phones and things be able to dual boot. But realistically, looking at who this would even appeal to, um, for instance, my buddy he has an Android device and he is able to dual boot up into, like, Linux, and it's kind of, like, really pointless, but, you know, he likes that stuff, so he's really excited about it. So thinking about who this kind of stuff would appeal to would really be the tinkerers who want to be able to have the full control of Android while also have, you know, BlackBerry. So maybe while they're at work, they'll be in the BlackBerry section, whereas while they're at home, they'll be in the, you know, the Android section. And realistically, that would actually be kind of a cool thing if you can actually set your phone so at this time of the day, it turns off and it turns back on in the separate thing so you could switch between BlackBerry and Android. Um, I think that would actually be really cool because the people who right now work and have an Android device or an iPhone, if they can actually have a BlackBerry device at work and when they come home it's an Android device, that, that's also kind of like a cool thought mm, that I've thought about. That sounds like something Chen might be interested in, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, Chris, wrap it up for us here. What are your thoughts on the QNX hypervisor? In regards to it, you know, being part of BB10 and seeing it incorporated more on the, more on the mobile side, I agree with Alex. This is definitely going to be something more for the tinkerers, unless it does go to that point that uh, Alex just wrapped up with, you know, being able to utilize separate work-life balance. I think that would be interesting. But I see this more of a use on other devices or other platforms, not platforms, but um, I don't see it on mobile phones as being the driving force for this. I think somewhere where I would see this be more useful on like a tablet, I could see this being more useful on, you know, even if it's, I'm trying to think what else could be powered. I mean, for QNX and cars, maybe this would be a way to incorporate front ends of Android, you know, Android in the car or in having QNX be underneath it. I think this... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. 
there's a lot of implications for it. I mean, you, you're right in that regard that there's if they were to bring this to BB10, they could do a lot with it if they did a separate profile. Here's my qualm, and, and if Blackberry's, if you're listening now, please heed my warning. Do not, do, do not. And, and it scares me because this might be a reality. So do not, and I repeat, do not. That's the fourth time. <laughs> Dual boot us into an Amazon phone. <laughs> no, do not no, do that. <laughs> because because look at the partnership right now with Amazon, right? Right. Do you see that as a lasting and growing partnership or relationship? I kind of do, but I I don't want what they're doing with Android. You know, I'd rather yeah. something something else, something better. As you mentioned, I want Google Play services at the yeah. end. Of the you know, we love Amazon, and there's so much that Amazon could do for BlackBerry. I'm thinking in different ways than, you know, the Amazon phone, you know, flunked. And you could even see the headlines right now. If that was the case, you know, BlackBerry underdog tying up with the downfall Amazon phone. Like, it'd just be terrible if they I, did go that I can, I can see featured images of be- uh, Blackberries yeah. on fire. I can just, it's awful. I, I don't want to see this. I don't, I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, fire that, was, that was initially my thought, though, when the, when the Amazon promotion was announced, and, like, when you when we were thinking about, okay, well, the the partnership seems really benign at this point, you know? It, they, they tossed the Amazon App Store on there, and that's it. So what more could they actually do? My initial thought was, okay, maybe they'll take um, Amazon's Fire OS, and rather than putting Google Play services directly on there through the Android app runtime, basically take Fire OS and use that as the Android runtime. So rather than having this sort of like separate Android runtime of their own, you would actually be utilizing basically the Fire OS operating system when you were using the Android runtime. That would be the Android runtime, which doesn't necessarily seem like a terrible idea because at that point in time, you would no longer have the issues of, like, say, for example, um, Netflix no longer making their app available because that app is available directly on Fire OS and through all the Kindle services and stuff like that, right? But it's also outdated. Oh yeah, absolutely. But there's a, it has access, been, it yeah, has been updated access. too. But in terms of the access that it offers, because all of those apps are available, like if you if you actually have, not that many people do, but if you actually have a Fire Phone, you have access to Instagram, you have access to Netflix and stuff like that. And as we very well know, if you have a BlackBerry 10 phone now and you load up the Amazon App Store there's still that possibility that you're going to be blocked out of there because of the fact that, you know, Netflix went in and unchecked that box that said, you know, yeah. don't support non-Amazon-supported devices, right? So you can't search out those apps and they don't show up. However, if the core Android runtime was actually the Amazon Fire OS, that would remove the problematic symptom of those apps not being available because it would be recognized as a Fire OS and Essentially, all those apps would be available, right? Now that that's that's that was just my own personal thinking. I have no yeah. no basis for that. It just seems like if if they were going to do a Amazon partnership in any sort of way, rather than just loading the Amazon App Store, that would be one specific way to do it that would actually be beneficial all the way around, 
and it's 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 no longer something that's superficial, right? It's not just yeah. loading the Amazon App Store. It's it's actually a partnership at that point in time. Right. However, the whole hypervisor information actually changes that because at that point in time, if the if the hypervisor solution was implemented correctly, say for example, like how we have it now with the Android runtime, and you could actually run a full Android system directly within BlackBerry 10 itself. That would be absolutely amazing because then you could have access to all those Google Play services and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to. I, realistically, I loved Alex Alex's idea of you know coming home and you know. I don't want. I don't want it either, dude. I agree. It's yeah, an idea, like, but I don't want it. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a great idea, but all of these things have to be implemented correctly. If they're not implemented correctly, and that it comes out as such like a half-hour solution. Then you're you're back to square one, right? Um, so if they were to actually go ahead and do it and do it properly, then I could see it being beneficial. But otherwise, you know, it's just it's kind of like one of those things that, you know, there there has to be a good reason for it. It has to be done appropriately, and it has to actually work. <laughs> because what we have now with the Android solution, it's as much as as much as I appreciate the ability to go ahead and load those Android apps, there's still that that jankiness that just doesn't work. You know, not all apps work. Not right. all. It, it, it feels work. like an emulation at the end of the day. It's yeah, I mean, apps, it, right? you know, when when apps work, they tend to work great. When an app doesn't work, it really doesn't work. It just crashes and it kills and it, it kills it kind of like a a, a bad route. Bad relationship, it just kind of kills the mood, you know. <laughs> Dude, a, a perfect example of that though. Yeah, yesterday I've I've been using the Snap update, so I decided to get this this game called Swap Heroes Two. Okay, I, I thought this was about to be a Tinder story. So good. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so I was playing it, and it, it runs perfectly, like as if it's a native device, like beautifully on my Z30. But then after you beat a level, it just like freezes. It shows you like you beat the level, or whatever. And I tried, I found out what you need to do is, like, you have to do a back swipe, and then you have to keep tapping the screen, and after, like, you know, between a minute and three minutes, it randomly moves forward. But it's, like, the game runs absolutely perfectly until you beat a level, then it acts like crap, and then it just re recovers itself. And I wonder if maybe, like, an ad normally pops up using the Google Play services then, but maybe it didn't pop up because it's black. Like, I don't really know what's going on there. But it that is really the case. Either the app runs really well, or it has some real. It just doesn't load whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but and it really, like the biggest thing with the Amazon App Store, I can't really find myself using it, is because the apps that I really want, as much as I know a lot of people do hate Google and they don't want to use their services, my business and uh, my stepdad's business, we are entirely reliant on Google. We use Google apps for work. So we use Google Drive for all of our documents. I use Google Analytics on a daily basis. Right now I'm using a third-party app through the Amazon store, but I'd rather have Google Analytics through Google. And all of these Google apps, I rely on so much that I really think the only way to, to do it properly is to get the actual Play services on the phone. Like the Amazon app store is just not going to ever work. They don't have those apps in the store. It's definitely an interesting and kind of a growing conversation because obviously they're trying to propel their Fire OS, right, and their Fire Phone to get it into that mainstream so they can get those apps. It's the same kind of hurdle BlackBerry 10 faced and ultimately turned away from. You know, they're like, we're not even going to climb that mountain. 
So going back to Chris's point, and I want to elaborate a little bit on yours, Alex, it seems like if they were to implement something with the hypervisor, right, and they were to load the Fire OS as a separate, it'd probably increase not only compatibility, as Chris had mentioned, but it's probably also increase the performance, right? Because some of those apps don't run well, right? They're not necessarily built or tailored for that OS. So if, if it increases the performance of overall and general Android applications, and then I can sideload in whatever else, but the performance is as if it's an Android yeah. device, I'm game, you know? Whatever, whatever deal with the devil you got to sign, I'm, I'm on for it. At the same point, it's like, why didn't they load the Amazon app instead of the Amazon app store? Because in the Amazon app, you get the music, the movies, the books, and everything else. But right now, there's kind of a disconnect, right? Yeah. You where, can't where, get, where, you can't get we... apps in the Amazon store on, or in the Amazon app anymore. They removed they the apps it? from it. Yeah, they actually Google came after them because they did that like after the fact. They had a, the entire app market in there, and then a lot of people started uninstalling the Amazon App Store, whoever was even using it, and they were just using the Amazon. But then Google was like, wait a minute, that's like against our terms of service. Or so I don't really know what happened there, but they got, they got in a lot of trouble for it, and they had to remove it. Or Google actually took the Amazon app out of the Google Play Store until they removed the apps from it. So, Man. Yeah. I need to get that APK in. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's off their servers now or something. It just doesn't even allow you to access it. I don't know. So not lame. Sure. Uh, why, not, why is the app not integrated? Like, we were supposed to have a replacement in BlackBerry World for music and videos, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other point. Like, why... It, it once again, goes back to why isn't the Amazon App Store better integrated? And realistically, the Fire OS solution would solve that as well. Because right now you can't get, uh, you can get Amazon Prime Music, but that still kind of doesn't necessarily work the way that it should. Um, but you can't get Amazon Prime Videos unless you actually, you know, jump through a few hoops as well. All of that stuff should be integrated. If this, if this solution with Amazon is really a solution, then all of that stuff should start to be integrated a whole lot better than just loading the Amazon App Store on there. I want to be able to yeah. open up Amazon website purchase videos, and directly be able to access them on my device, so on they, and so forth. They need the Snap Creator to do the exact same thing, but just for the Amazon App Store. Like, literally, <laughs> that's what they need to do. Whoa! Whoa, now. That's a that's a crazy idea. It's probably, like, it's probably, the API is probably wide open, just no one wants yeah. to touch it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, it's it's really amusing. I mean, I'm interested in the hypervisor. I think there's a lot more toward the IoT segment of where that is actually going to be useful. But yeah. um, you know, we, we can dream all we want about the things they could do with it. Chris's idea and Alex's idea are both pretty good. It's just I'm at a point right now with the way their strategy seems to be going, where they have the business stuff in BlackBerry World and some of the consumer-related stuff in Amazon, that they, they almost seem to be building a duality with their phone, at least from a ecosystem perspective. So for them to extend that into the actual OS and then in turn the hardware, they have some pretty interesting implications if they were to extend that hypervisor update you know, through over to BB10. So let's move on a little bit from the, the hypervisor announcement with the VMM and let's talk about T-Mobile and BlackBerry getting back together. I want to hear what Krevling, uh, what your thoughts are on this because I know you've been bouncing around carriers, bouncing around different devices, trying to get that perfect experience. Uh, how do you feel about T-Mobile right now, and how do you feel their relationship with BlackBerry is? I think it's definitely going to be positive with 
if we go back to having Blackberries available on T-Mobile. I think that would be a great move because, I mean, the press release, I think, just was released this past week that they're now the number three carrier in the U.S., if I remember correctly, that they passed Sprint. Um, but just the model that they use in regards to getting subscribers on board, I think it's it would definitely, if it's done right, and that's also not to say that uh, their CEO it doesn't, tend to put their put his foot in his mouth quite often mm-hmm. that it might uh, that there could be I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of word that uh, if the partnership is done well then I'm all for it that's that's basically how it is if we don't see you know ads thrown up to take people from Blackberry to go to iPhones again or anything like that I, th- I think it'll be a good move. Let's end the day. If we see more Blackberries in stores, I'm all for it. Right. It seems like the end goal for both of them is to make money, so why can't they find a respectable and amiable way to do so? So I wholeheartedly agree with you, Chris, number two. (laughs) 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 I love how – did you change that midstream? Yes, I did. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Darius, I I know you you feel some type of way about T-Mobile, so what are your thoughts? Um, (laughs) I don't really feel anything about T-Mobile. No, I just – I actually kind of like their CEO, as Chris best put it. He can sometimes put his foot in his own mouth. But, uh, I mean, I, you know, the more the merrier. It's just simply what it is at the end of the day. The more carriers, you know, Blackberry's on, the more effect that they have on the consumer, the more effect that they have just in a, no, uh, the U.S. market altogether. But, um, you know, I, it just I can't say anything about T-Mobile, simple fact, because – <laughs> look what look what the type of job that AT&T has done with the Passport and Classic, you know. Uh, <laughs> finally launched, but, you know, like, geez, you know, it took forever, you know. And no carriers really supported them, so I really, like I said, just, you really can't say too much about them. But you'd like to hear a simple fact that, yes, it's coming back because there are existing BlackBerry customers there. So, you know, for them to still have the uh, option and the ability to be able to upgrade on their network, that they use and they're paying for, um, it, it's a it's a big deal. But um, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much just to really say towards it. But um, I don't know. I just really think that T-Mobile is one of the more aggressive, uh, you know, networks out there that are really like the ones to really push towards buying devices and upgrading, and they give you the best options um, upgrading to you know newer devices. So that's kind of a plus. So hopefully, you know. With the partnership, if it comes back to life, that they will start um, putting the focus towards the newer BlackBerry devices. You know, come get the Classic, come get the Passport, um, and whatever you know, devices might be up. You know, in, in the near future. It just seems like they both kind of have that on carrier type mentality, right? Like BlackBerry's right. like like on smartphone maker. They they're yeah. selling their devices online. It's yeah. taken how many months for a US carrier to even get on board with one of them? So I feel like there is a, there could be a synergy there, right? But it has right. to be done, as Chris had mentioned, in a in a way that is good. It has to be a good execution. Uh, I, I, they're I, both I, like underdogs like mm-hmm. in the market. Like why isn't there a relationship there? Because I mean T Mobile as good as T-Mobile is, they're still not number one, so there's still that underdog mentality. That's why that's why their their CEO is so aggressive. He tries to bring attention to, to T-Mobile. So why not join up and why not make some money together and why not make it a beneficial agreement all around for everybody? So just 
it seems the whole thing just seems silly, and it just seems silly that it's taking this long to actually resolve it and just sell the devices, be happy, make some money. Once your panties are in a bunch, I mean, they're in a bunch. It yeah, takes well, a little bit of time, a little bit of gravity, but things settle out, right? You got to the knickers, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, was, I thought about just awesome things. just like, yeah, it's BlackBerry, but I I, I loved how Chin was just like when the whole thing went down and uh, with T-Mobile and how they were like, you know, pretty much, you know, forget all the BlackBerry devices that are out there, upgrade to an iPhone. And Chin was like instantly like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Our devices are no longer sold there. And it just <laughs> cut the whole thing off. I, I really felt like that was a significant moment, not just for BlackBerry, but for corporate CEOs. They're not quick to do that because they think dollars first and not really like their product and the the, the purpose that they feel their product really serves. Like Apple would have never done that. They would have been like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Don't worry about it. You know, it'll, it'll be soon to be water on the bridge sometime later. But... Apple should, Apple would have done what BlackBerry should have done. Press is press. Hey, I'll take it, I'll take it from what it is. But it's just I, I love the simple fact that Chin did take that approach, and I mean I think it kind of sent a sign to the other carriers too. Like okay, okay, well you know maybe we you will cut off. you off. <laughs> like maybe we should maybe we should just chill out for a second and see what they have up their sleeves. And since then it's been like a huge. In terms of you know progression that BlackBerry's made, it, it they've turned a lot of eyes. They've seen, uh, I'm sure T-Mobile has seen what BlackBerry is doing, and you know I'm sure that when the talk started, that they've probably approached BlackBerry first and said, hey, what can we do to try to make this thing work and and, and you know begin selling devices uh, of yours again? So. It's just it just seems like the perfect model, right? Like people right. are buying these devices unlocked outright. They need a carrier to go to. They don't want to spend a lot of money. Bam, no. T-Mobile. T-Mobile, exactly. T-Mobile. And yes. in the same coin, they're probably looking at the BlackBerry activation list that they had anywhere, and they're like, damn, right. why are we not getting in on this? <laughs> it's just like a natural thing. You, you know, people want to get devices, and they want that easy access, as you've mentioned. So. Uh, while, we're, while we're talking devices, this isn't on our topic list, but I think it's definitely worth talking about. Is the AT and T BlackBerry Passport? Uh, Chris, are you gonna? Are, is one on its way to you? You think you're gonna get a hands-on so we can get some nice pictures on? <laughs> I love your galleries where you're. It's just like phone porn. Like there's, there's yeah. passports of every color, every size, every kind yeah. of edging. Yeah, I'm trying to get my hands on one. Uh, you know, with. AT&T corporate stores and AT&T authorized dealers—they have, uh, yeah, that that sticky policy about whether or not they can actually sell a device on off contract. Which, honestly, I don't even know why they bother putting the off contract price on the website if you can't actually order it off contract on the website. Like what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like that's probably the most ridiculous thing. But yeah, should have one here. In the next little while, do a little unboxing for it, do a little gallery and on and comparison and whatever else that we can make happen with it. I'm Just really excited for it. Are you? You're excited about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Personally, I don't, I have no interest in the actual device itself, like the rounded corners and stuff like that. doesn't interest me at all. However, the, the part that I am excited for is that those customers who do want it are actually able to purchase it and do so fairly easy. I mean, you know, even if you don't like going into the, an AT&T store, 
if no you're one does. If you, no one does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to go pick one up, then you can do so. If you want to order one online, you can do so. And I think that's really good. I mean, you know, it, they, they're finally offering it. And, you know, as, uh, as, as a consumer, that's the way that it should be. If I want to buy something, if I want to give you money for something, then you should be able to go ahead and give it to me. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you the money to give me the product. That, you know, that's what you're in the business for. <laughs> it seems like one of those common sense things, but BlackBerry has really had such a hard time even getting like on the shelf, so to speak. So it's nice yeah. that I, at least the stores I went to, and I went to a, a, quite a few of them here around the area, they've all got the AT&T Passport and Classic up working. The demos are phenomenal. I don't know if you guys have seen, but these demos on the devices are like... If someone spends five minutes going through one any of those demos, like be a time shift, be it the hub, camera blends, it's all there, very interactive videos. They make you use it and interact. Those demos are awesome. So any failure of those devices selling falls on AT&T. So it, <laughs> they're exclusive, and it's their responsibility to get those devices out because it's awesome. It's really cool. It's, there's a portion that says explore device, and you can tap it, and it's just like swipe up. Just leave the app demo, you know? <laughs> One of those things for a BlackBerry user, it's like, oh, obviously, you know? But for anyone else, like, you're just in this contained experience and you don't even realize that the OS is, this is all just one app, you know? Really, really cool stuff. I went hands-on very briefly while it was hardwired uh, at a carrier shelf. It's an interesting device. I'm with Chris where the corners are not, you know, as special to me. The device felt a little bit lighter. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the BlackBerry Classic. But um, if you look at the device, the bottom chin, there's a little delineation here. And this bottom chin is actually not steel. It's a, it's a plastic. It's painted over. And that actually transitions over to the AT&T Passport, which is interesting. So it, it's a little bit lighter because the whole thing is not stainless steel. So it's a little bit lighter in the hand. They added in the wireless charging. So it's, it's a little bit thicker as well. And the rounded corners make it slightly easier to use in the hand, right? Especially one-handed use, I found was a little bit easier on it. But otherwise, it's, it's kind of the same thing, the same thing you'd expect. The keyboard, just the way it's integrated into the device, is interesting. It looks more like a laptop keyboard than a cell phone keyboard. And it's so hard to kind of make that make sense to y'all, but <laughs> the, the way they built it, the way it's integrated is very interesting. It's kind of like a blend of the, the old and new Passport. There's a little bit of extra space at the bottom, which kind of helps in the hands, but I'm so used to what I have, like I, I can't get used to it. I, I don't like it. It's a nice device. I get what it does, but it feels like a sanitized experience, right? Like they yeah. washed it, they they dusted it off, and then put it on the shelf. I like the original bold. I felt like part of what the passport was about was like I'm not like every other phone, you know. Every other phone that was on that shelf at AT&T had rounded corners, and then there was the passport, you know, like that one device that would have had the very clean delineation. So, uh, I'm interested in the passport, but I don't. I'm, I'm with Chris where I'm not excited about the device. I'm more excited about its availability. What I'm stalling because it's red. Yeah. red. <laughs> if, yeah, a I mean, red if a red curveball came out, I'd have a conniption. But go ahead. <laughs> they said it like a lot of reviews. I was reading about what people were saying about 10.3.1 and the passport to AT&T and just everything, and like people for the most part were saying. It's a great device, the AT&T one, but you know, if you want the more modern one, then then get the old version. But the new one, it, it might be a little bit more comfortable in your hands, and but it's like it's it just doesn't feel as modern. And I can completely agree with that for the most part. 
Oh, we just got a new entry onto the onto the cast. Kev, how's it going? You're looking quite dapper. I feel highly underdressed now. Way to, way to throw us off. The, the best dressed vidcaster this this time of night. <laughs> I think that's about it. Um, nine, nine o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I had a, so, had a date with the lady, so I had to stay stay fit. Uh, oh, absolutely. You, you might as well just wear that all the time, right? The tie never comes off. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. You know, I'm working on it. So, so Kev, I, I, you had a, an interesting story. You were talking about it in our in our group. Tell us about it. Tell us about your experience. We were just t- coming off of a conversation about the AT&T Passport, so you came in at the perfect timing. Wow. Uh, good deal. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, basically, I, I tried going to my local store. I've, I've been harassing them for the last few months uh, pertaining to when they'll get the passport, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, and unfortunately, they were not very conducive to uh, getting solid answers. So what wound up happening was I had to really do some digging. I, I had to wait till it eventually was launch date, and I call up the store, um, and they don't have anything at the store whatsoever. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking to see where it is. Where's the nearest, the nearest store to me? And it's roughly about 49, 50, 50 minutes away. And I'm like, you know what? Gosh, I can't, I can't wait this long, <laughs> you know. So I had to go get my fix. Uh, I take a truck out all the way out to the Jefferson Valley Mall, and that was the only location that had any passports whatsoever, and they only had two. Uh, they had two passports, they had two classics. And so I, I called while I was already halfway there, so I only had about 25 minutes left to uh, to get there, and uh, you know, like, ah, we can't put it on hold. It's, it's, you know, first come, first serve. I was like, did you have more than two? Like, no, we only had two. I was like, I guess I'm in good shape then. <laughs> you know, no problem. I'm within the first half hour of the store opening. Uh, so eventually I get there. There's only, like, one other person in the store with her two kids. And I go right up to uh, to the passport to see where it is. I just nod my head. I'm like, all right, that's, that's the one. So I go right to the rep that's over at the counter. And he's, uh, you know, he knew he was the one that I had spoken to over the phone. So, um he went back trying to get prepared, and I went back while he was waiting, or while he's going uh, in the back room to go take and get the, the equipment. I'm just standing over there by the passport, looking at the classic, and there's this other lady who's over there, very kind, very nice. She's there with her two kids, and uh, and it happened to be Heidi Davidson, who works with BlackBerry. <laughs> 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 I didn't know that until you know clearly, you know, I, I was following her, not as in the stalker sense, but on Twitter, I had no idea that that was her. I had, I was just there and picking up the device, and you know, so she's just looking at me. She's like, "What? You're gonna grab that? You're gonna get that?" And while she's looking at the classic, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get this thing. This is a, it's a beast. <laughs> it's one, it's one heck of a device. So, uh, absolutely, this is exactly what I came here for." And she's like, "That's great." She's like, "Oh, she's like, yeah, I, I actually work for BlackBerry. That's great to see that you're getting." So I was like, "All right, I'm in heaven now." I was like, "Fantastic. I made the trip. It was well worth it, and I, I'm getting nothing but uh, a lot of." A lot of uh, good vibes from from Heidi over there, and she decides to just whip out the you know the limited edition red passport. She's like, "Here, you like this one?" I was like, "Yeah, I definitely do." And I've been more than happy to trade. You know, she's like, "I like the curves on the AT&T one." I was like, "I will gladly trade you. Feel free. <laughs> let's let's go and make that work." She's like, "I can't do that." I was like, <laughs> "So so so hold it up for us. Show us and, and kind of walk us around. Like, what do you like about it? What don't you like?" Uh, I'm walking on you here. 
It's it's growing on me. I can tell you that now. Uh, it's definitely growing on me. Um, this is the good old device, you know, the regular wallpapers you always find in any of the BlackBerry 10 devices now, rocking this uh, this OS. Um, the cornered edges on it. I mean, you're going to see a video probably within the next day or two, but uh, the cornered edges on here make it very very comfortable in the hand. And if you've remembered anything I've said, whether it's in the group or maybe even in the uh, the previous uh, you know, upstreams. I was mentioning. I was like, I I really like the square design. I think I think that one, uh, the the intended design, uh, was kind of lost with what AT and T was doing. At the same time, at least they're bringing something of a comfort aspect to their consumers, and that's what they were focusing on. They didn't want to to have any type of a hindrance, any kind of objections from their consumers to purchase the device. So I have to look at it in in that sense. Uh, you know, so I, I'm definitely very pleased with it. I mean, this is a it's a really really great device. I remember when I was getting a chance to use yours when you went out to that NYC event, and I was out with you in New York, James. Um, you know, even with the cracked screen that you had, it was still, still a cracked. fantastic device. It's still cracked, really. Send it to me, I'll fix it. But um, it's it's still a, a very very nice device. It's not it's not as heavy as I thought it was going to be, or even as as heavy as I remember. Right. It. Um, it's it's. It's just fantastic, man. It, it the screen really pops. It does everything that you guys well mentioned. You guys are, are well versed in the in the passport. I'm still new and wet behind the ears behind it, but you're five months a, behind. It's okay. It's okay though. <laughs> it's it's perfectly fine for me, man. This is a it's a great device, and I'm not one person that I've showed this to, be it iPhoneers or any Android users, whatever whoever they are. Not a lick has come out of their mouth about any negative remarks about this device. And it's just a fantastic piece of equipment. It really is. It gets the job done. It hasn't hung up on me at all. It's just been great. So I cannot. Uh, I can't complain. I can't fault them. I think they've done a marvelous job with this. Well, and I really appreciate your insights. I'm looking forward to that video as well. With getting your greasy little fingers and mitts all over it. Now, I'm definitely looking forward <laughs> <Yeah>. to that. <laughs> uh, I, I, as I said, I, I really like the device. Would I buy it? Probably not. I like the, the clean lines, but we were kind of talking earlier about access and that it's just very accessible for people. With the big screen that you mentioned, it just kind of pops there on the shelf. You're like, what is that? Is that a is that a television screen? I'm not even <laughs> sure what I'm looking at, right? So it's great that the device is finally available for those users, albeit with a little bit of delay. At least it wasn't the same exact device, so there was yeah. less fanfare. They have that unique design, so it brings a little bit more into the conversation in regard to it. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about a BBM beta that launched out on iOS. Um, very interesting. The shop has some interesting uh, stuff inside <laughs> of it. Chris is probably the only one with access to an iPhone. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're all we're all such a diehard BlackBerry users. So there was two new additions. There was a, an option to subscribe for no advertisements and as well custom BBM pins. Uh, how did that process go? Was it very much like an in-app purchase or just a testing? Uh, how are those features being rolled out within the BBM shop, Chris? Yeah, so um, I forget who it was and I do certainly apologize for that, but somebody tweeted me this picture of, um, of the BBM shop and it was showing two new additions. So I put my iPhone on the charger and I thought it would charge up a bit enough for it to boot up, and I looked, and sure enough, when you open up the shop on uh, on the BBM iOS beta, just at the bottom of the uh, the sticker listing, so you open up the shop and you get the normal sticker listing. Right below it, there's two new additions with uh, 
with the, the BlackBerry Spark on them, and it said no ad and custom pin. So I tapped on the no ad one first, and it gives you, of course, the option to basically subscribe to this uh, feature that allows you to have no ads within the BBM experience. So that was cool. And then I went back to the other one because, honestly, the ads don't really bother me that much, so I wasn't necessarily interested in that one. But I went to the custom pin one, and then when you tap on that one, it tells you about it. It says, hey, you know, you can now subscribe to this option to uh, customize your pin. Do you wish to go ahead and claim your own customizable pin right now? But the only thing is, is that with it seems as though that that stuff sort of was probably put in there a little bit too early in advance or, you know, BlackBerry's testing it internally um, because when you, you tap on the subscribe button, it doesn't actually do anything. It just comes up with an error message, and it says, hey, you know, you need to upgrade your BBM at this point. And if you actually tap on the OK button or whatever it is that pops up, it takes you directly to the iTunes store, and the iTunes store obviously has a different version than what is available through the beta. The beta version is different than... Uh, is is it's essentially a higher release than what's available on iTunes. So there's no way to download download this higher version that it says that you actually need. Um, you know, it, it the the beta is higher than any of the versions that are out there. So somebody somewhere within BlackBerry has a higher version of this BBM iOS beta that is uh, is showing up. But like I said, it's just two options in there. You can tap on them. You uh, unfortunately can't subscribe to them. So it doesn't give you a listing of any of the pricing or anything, but, um, you know, they're at least testing it, which we heard that they were doing it previously. Uh, I forget where it was that they announced it. Maybe it was... uh, I can't remember. What was the last big event that we had that was... uh, that they announced stuff? I can't remember. Um, That was CES, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, at CES. So at CES, they announced that it would actually be coming as part of their subscription models. But, um, you know, I guess we just have to wait for it to be fully rolled out to learn how much they want to uh, go ahead and actually charge us for it. What do you guys think of the the custom opinions? Would you guys pay for no ads? No ads seems kind of silly, but would you pay for customized pins? I'd pay for both. (laughs) (laughs) Just to support the platform. I mean... uh, for me, at least, like I was very, very excited that my Passport and Classic both have BF in the middle. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> what, what kind of luck? But I've reached out with a couple other Passport owners, and they're like, yeah, mine has BF too. And I'm like, damn, so it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not unique or special. It just happen, happenstance. So I would definitely like maybe get like a custom pin. I've seen a couple people who've customized their pins, and um, they're pretty cool, you know, like... A little like pseudonym and then like 99 or 100, some of your favorite numbers. So it's definitely something easy to remember and more easily distributed. Like I could yeah. never ever tell anyone my pin like off the top of my head. Like I never memorized it. Oh no, me either. So if it's something custom, I mean that makes it a little bit more shareable. I think ultimately though the problem is getting more people on BBM, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so like where's this cross-platform video? Like that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm really waiting for. Once it has the full feature set, then I can really push it. Then things like no ads and then things like, you know, the custom pins really adds another layer of value. Right now, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Chris, it just feels a little early. What do you, some of you guys' thoughts? Uh, it's something I would definitely pay for. I mean, it's just, 
I'm glad that we're kind of seeing something like this because we have been wondering for so long, you know, what were going to be the subscription features. And so clearly we can see that, you know, custom pins will be one of them, um, which kind of just opens your imagination a little bit more to, you know, kind of figure out what is up next as well for BBM, um, not just within subscription, but um, just features in general. Of course, we all know we want to see, you know, more emphasis on channels, but... Uh, I mean, if you're going to pay for the, the messaging service, then, you know, we, we want these premium features to be included within it. Uh, custom custom pins is definitely something that I've always wanted, like, since the very beginning of me being a BlackBerry user. So, I don't, I mean, it's why I even try to remember when it's too easy to just type in my pin, hit space, and there it is. So, um, yeah. And I mean, it would have been very dope when it was uh, BBM Wednesday on Twitter back in the day too. So yeah, there's there's like there are people who, for instance, they will pay the extra money to get a custom license plate, for instance. And like that's I know this isn't exactly the same thing, but that's a business model that the the whatever New York State or whatever uh, state you live in, they made that into a business model. I'm not really someone who cares much about custom pins because if I want to add someone on BBM. It's normally either through a text message, so I just do my pin anyway, or if I meet them in person, then I'll hold my phone up to them. It's like it's really not that difficult to add people right now. The, as James mentioned, it's more difficult to even get them on BBM before you can even add them. So in terms of a premium kind of feature, the ads aren't bugging me whatsoever yet. The only time when I'd actually want to pay to remove ads is if they're bugging me, but at the same time, they can't make ads bug you a lot, or people will just stop using BBM altogether. Yeah, and you can, so long, they, pre you can long press on ads. Say, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Yeah, don't show me ads from BlackBerry anymore, which I I didn't want to do because I was curious to see how they'd actually advertise, but they're, they're sending me to download like iGran and various things. And um, Realistically, they need to add something more. I want to pay for premium. No matter what, I'm going to pay for premium. But if I take a step back and say... Let's pretend that I'm not like you know invested in BlackBerry and, and love BlackBerry and all this stuff. Would I, as a normal user, want to pay for premium to get a custom pin and remove ads? And I wouldn't whatsoever, um, even for the few other features that they mentioned. No, if I well. if I wasn't interested in BlackBerry, I'd be like, well, why do I even have to bother paying for ads? Why the hell yeah. does this app have ads? You know? Yeah, exactly. What is BBM? <laughs> <laughs> There's this channel thing. I can do voice calls. What the hell? I just is don't that? understand. <laughs> Come on, BBM channels. We have faith in you. I'm I'm with Alex on the fence of, and, and we're gonna let Chris kind of dabble in on his opinion shortly. I'm I'm on the of the opinion where I would pay for BBM Premium, but I wouldn't pay to individually unlock these extra features. Give me some kind of one standard payment, combine it all, and give me all those. Give me all the stickers. Give me, you know, whatever. I want it all bundled. I, like, give me one payment. I don't want to. I don't want to look at my bank statement one day and see like PayPal and then like BBM, BBM, BBM for all the, <laughs> for all the for all the one dollar purchases I made in BBM. That's just gonna. It's gonna stickers. <laughs> Those are one ninety nine. Awful. you look at it, you see like ten dollars just chilling there, like a meal. It's like, oh man. <laughs> Chris, what are some of your thoughts on custom pins and uh, removing ads from BBM? I agree with you. It does need to be a whole package for it to really, uh, I would say, be a driving force for people to actually subscribe to it. Um, regarding the pins, I mean, 
I think it's definitely going to be a cool feature. I can see why it's being rolled out to, I know a lot of people have said before when, you know, some of these features tend to roll out to the other platforms before VB10 itself. I can see why it was rolled out to iOS because their beta, if I remember correctly, it's very sandbox. It's like usually when they do a beta, it's only like 100 people that can really participate in it. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Um, which is probably why you don't see in you know Android APKs floating around for the beta on Android yet. But um, I, I do think it'll be interesting if depending on what other features they build into it. And you know we heard some of them at CES, and it would be awesome if video ended up being a subscription service and it was affordable. Then you know that's that's what I'm crossing my fingers, man. Give me a roadmap toward BBM video. Yeah. Two year two years is enough time to get it. <laughs> I agree. It is. Um, even if you got to like get on the back of uh, what's the cup Zoom, do whatever, whatever you got to do, I'll pay for it. Take my money, please, Blackberry. And Darius, what about you? Are you? You had mentioned you would pay for the custom pin, right? Yeah, yeah, I would pay for the custom pin, but it, it's you when you. I feel like people when they pay for something, especially in the app, it has to be something that is gonna make you use it every single day. Yeah. You have to use it every single day to invest in something. Like I, I would never pay for anything. Now, don't get me wrong, because me, I'm, I don't know, I'm just kind of picky. Because I will pay for an app just to get rid of ads. Period. And even if it doesn't even give me like an additional features, if it gets rid of ads, and I'll pay for it. If it's something that I use every day, I will buy it simply for that reason. But in BBM's case, and all these other messaging services out here are for free, and are giving you more features for free then you have to give me something that is worth paying for, worth investing into it for. Um, you know, we all can agree across the board. Yeah, we'll we'll pay for it because we're BlackBerry consumers. We get the bigger deal. We understand that BlackBerry needs to monetize this application. It's the crown jewel. But at the end of the day, we're not dummies either because we're looking at what are we really investing into. So you have to make the subscription uh, appealing. You have to make it something that are going to say – Catch people's eyes and say, okay, this is worth uh, purchasing, not a simple fact because it's a secure messaging service, but I have the video, I have the calls, I have, you know, the whole, you know, nine. So um, it's, it's, it's got to come with some pop. I hope, and hopefully it will. I think what we're seeing is the beginning, but I'm kind of like upset that I, why is iOS getting all the good stuff in terms of data? Like, that's crazy right now. That's probably the platform that they need the most help on <laughs> in terms of the user base and getting it growing. Android, there's a lot of users. Blackberry, I mean, we're all pretty diehard. Kevin, what about you, man? Would you like vanity pins? I would welcome custom pins. I would welcome uh, a lot of purchase uh, options for Blackberry to make it more customizable to you. I, I, that's the, the word I will always throw into it because I feel like that's one of the biggest things that they need. Uh, they definitely have to get customization into it in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think BBM pins is really just the start of it, so you can really kind of identify with each particular device, and it is yours. This is something you've created now. You're going to have a little bit more of a, I guess, a, a more of an attachment to it than you would some other devices, and that's just one way to kind of get people to cling on to it and draw them back into BlackBerry because when you're, like, going back to what you were talking about previously about the other devices and how so many people have left to go over to these other platforms, at least now they have these devices that can draw them in with something new, something fresh that the other platforms don't have. Um, in this case, we're 
talking cross-platforms, I guess that really doesn't pertain to this particular situation, but uh, the, the platform itself, as far as BlackBerry, they are getting things put into place where the other platforms, they can't compete in that sense. So uh, like you're talking about the dual OSs, all those options are going to be available to them, and um, I really feel like this is just one of those beginning uh, parts for their their entire company that to really draw a lot of people back in. I'm hoping it does come full circle for them. It's all about execution, and so far Chen's done a pretty decent job of bringing things together in a consistent manner. So I've got my head up, heads up in that regard. I want to move on to another one of our favorite applications, Snap. It's gotten beta three update version three of the app. I've updated it. It's pretty cool. I was on the previous beta version and it popped it up, like you know, in the updates it popped a little notification telling me to go to my computer and sideload <laughs> the application, get the update, which I thought was amusing. But uh, at least you know, right? Instead of just checking red light of love, uh, I've been testing and using the application. The developer has been very consistent. You know, every like week and a half, bringing an update, bringing something to the table for users. I'm sure the user base is incredibly large right now in terms of the beta, beta testing pool. Um, what do you guys think of the app? Is it something you want to see? I, mean, I know Alex wants now him to build an Amazon version. <laughs> well, no, no, no I, I don't. I'd rather just use Snap, honestly. There's no reason but for him to even build imagine, it. Imagine if he was able to build both into one app. Well, yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's I, I genuinely think that this beta is getting more action than the Amazon App Store. I don't think it has more downloads on phones, absolutely not, because phones are coming preloaded with it. But for instance, when it gets put on my mom's phone, my aunt's phone, my cousin's phone, they're not even opening it. They're like, oh, a new Amazon App Store, what, what is that even for? Whereas the people who are using Snap, they're downloading, you know, tens upon dozens upon hundreds of apps just to download them and play with it and um, I think it's something that the platform needed so much, and it looks great. It, it looks like I, I mentioned this before. I think it looks a little bit better than BlackBerry World. Like some of the things that he's done, not everything, but some of the things that he's done, I think BlackBerry could learn from that in improving their app store. But he did copy Google, so maybe <laughs> BlackBerry should learn something from Google. I don't know. I think he made a good a good uh, split between the two. It's a hybrid between what BlackBerry was doing and, and BlackBerry World, and and the the visual appeal, the aesthetic appeal, I should say, for uh, from Android. I think it's a really good mix of what they were doing on there. Yeah, it doesn't totally hate one or the other. So. Yeah. And it's just like it's like I had mentioned beforehand, like Android material, it really actually kind of goes in hand with. I, I feel like ten dot three and three dot one, they both complement um, material design from from Google. So, it just they really go hand in hand. So I, I don't. I don't knock him for using it at all. I, I actually enjoy it. Um, I think BlackBerry Wear has been outdated for years, like years. Um, and it's even only been around for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should mean, tell you like, something. BlackBerry World, it really looks the same on my Torch 9810. Like it's there is no difference. I don't feel like there's been a huge, you know, change in the UI. I mean, there it's been a significant change, but I mean, you can you can just tell the the, the the, the remnants of the legacy uh, OS is still there. Um, it hasn't made that transition all the way over in terms of its UI change. So Snap Darius, along. Darius, Darius, legacy makes you who you are, you know? You're right. You're right. You can't give it away. you got to keep your BlackBerry world co-pesthetic with your you know? five-year-old devices. 
But this is one thing I will say is I cannot wait until he implements the uh, update all feature. <laughs> and the reason it reminded me is because, like I said, I hadn't used my Z10 in so long. And so when I had put uh, the new Snap uh, beta onto it today, I had to update like 10 apps. And I was like, jeez, I got to go in these one by one and do each one of this. So I can't wait till he implements that. But it's just getting better with each uh, version. Um, and, and I mean... I think he's met everyone's expectation because I know how everyone was just like, man, when is the new beta, uh, when is the new Snap version coming out, when is the new Snap version coming out, and it's finally here, and it's just, it, he's he's hit every, you know, point that people were looking forward to, so. Yeah, I was just thinking, you brought up the update all thing, and he mentioned in the updates that he's going to add an option where you can ignore it from updating because there's some apps, for instance, that don't, work like the newest version of Snapchat doesn't work on the Z30, the Z10 or whatever. Like You can so, get it to work. It just takes a little finagle. Well, it, no, it works on the Z30 for me, Um, but my buddy who has a Z10, he, the camera just doesn't work no matter what. He tried reinstalling. He tried everything. So now he's on an older version of Snapchat. And there are various apps that certain versions work. So if he can get to the point then where he can actually like, integrate the working version, so like it would recommend you not to update to the current version, and it would actually allow you to download the most recent version that's actually working, as voted on by people who are using it and reporting back on it. So if you could almost create like a sub ecosystem within the, this this Snap app, a like, lot of users have cool. a lot of users have asked for that. Like, why isn't this tailored more to me? Why aren't yeah. the reviews I'm reading BlackBerry reviews instead yeah. of Google reviews? Right. So. Yeah. Uh, as, as a news bit here, we're going to try to bring the Snap developer on for our next upstream, which is going to be on March 1st. So save that idea. Put it in your pocket, Alex. We can speak with him on air in regards to it. Put a um, pin in it, Alex. Put a custom pin in it, Alex. I got it. Alex, Alex, over, Alex already forgot it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Wait, what? <laughs> But no, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. So I just want to close and talk a little bit about um, some of the updates that we're really getting with 10.3.1, right? So what is 10.3.1? One, it's, <laughs> it's, it's this thing called BlackBerry 10. But no, we're getting a lot of new interesting things. So with the actual update, we're getting BlackBerry Blend, which is phenomenal. I know a lot of people have been waiting for Blend, so you finally have BlackBerry Blend accessible on your device. As well, there's dual application storefronts. So now you have hundreds of thousands of applications. You can access the Android ones, or you can go into BlackBerry World for your productivity. Um, as well, we got the BlackBerry Assistant, which has been refined a lot like Siri and Cortana. I mean, you can do a lot with it. On my device, you can turn on the, uh, the flashlight. You can have it launch applications for you. Really fun stuff. The BlackBerry Hub with instant actions. They took some of... Uh, Crackberry's previous editor-in-chief's idea in terms of the message triage, so that was pretty awesome that uh, that idea was able to stem through. I love being able to act instantly on notifications, even just marking them on red, filing them, and or deleting them. It's, it's pretty awesome to have that in there. Blackberry Hub looks gorgeous on 10.3.1, and I don't think anyone would disagree to that. As well with the Blackberry Hub, we have some new shortcuts that are available within the QWERTY devices, including Passport on 10.3.1, battery saving mode, a couple new features within the camera for Panorama, uh, better calendar, and the added addition of BBM meetings. So there's definitely a lot coming forward with that update. We do hope the rest of you get it relatively soon for those waiting. Patience is prudence, so 
uh, sit tight. It is coming for you. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Does anyone have any closing statements before we we uh, wrap this up? Uh, well, I mean, I just I'm just looking at the Google Play Store right now, and you can actually sort. Like, I left a review, and you can sort on you know between Samsung Galaxy Nexus reviews or BlackBerry Z30 reviews or Passport or Z10. So like, it's funny because it's really I don't know if Google has finally like I don't I don't really know, but your device shows up on Google. As if, and it says like it's a compatible device and stuff when you're using a BlackBerry. So it's 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 just weird to me that they're accepting it rather than really pushing it away. Or maybe their their system's already built to just automatically take in a new device and just work with it. But he would technically be able to sort and just show you the reviews by BlackBerry users. But at the same time, not enough BlackBerry users are actually leaving reviews on Google Play where it would even be useful if you could see one review every now and then. It's not but, going to be useful for us. And, and if you were to build that ability into the application, yeah. you know, then, then you yeah. might get more reviews. Yep. Uh, definitely some interesting stuff. We'll speak more on the Snap application, hopefully on our next upstream. But I really appreciate having all of you on. Kevin, you look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. Appreciate Dar- it. Dar- it's not a snap on tie. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not. laughs> this is the real deal. I'm new to st- all right, man. It's, it's Darius. It's an insta, insta tie. Insta tie. <laughs> Darius, I appreciate having you on. A Kreveling as well. Always nice to have you there. You can go cuddle. You can go cuddle with your puppy dog now. I see she's been snowing there in the back. <laughs> so well behaved. <laughs> right. Way better than my kids. I don't know if you've seen them running around. No. <laughs> Blaze, as always, we appreciate having you on. The insight you bring is tremendous. So thank you very much. And Alex, keep developing, man. When's your next BB10 app coming? <laughs> I'm trying to make a living. Wow. I'm not wow. saying, no, no, that wasn't a hit at BlackBerry. Oh, wow. wow. I came out wrong. <laughs> and, and we're going to end the podcast. Cheers, guys.